And we're live. Another episode of Athletic Insights, which is a resource for youth sports organizations, coaches, parents, and young athletes looking to get a glimpse in behind the scenes of elite athletics and what it really looks like. We're joined here tonight by our guest, Ben Hutton. Ben, how you doing? Hey, guys. I'm good. Thanks. Thanks for having me. No, we really appreciate it. Why don't you take a minute here just to uh, introduce yourself and then just talk a little bit about uh, what it was like growing up in Prescott. Okay, for sure. I'm uh, I'm Ben Hutton. I, I I now play for the LA Kings in the NHL, and uh, I mean, growing up in Prescott was awesome. Uh, I got to do you know the the small town vibes. I was growing up with my friends playing every what sport there was, from baseball to soccer in the summer, and basketball to track and field and golf. I mean, we played every sport growing up. Uh, but we did play a lot of road hockey. Road hockey was one of the the number one things we played in the summer that was big. Um, and then, I, I mean, I played for the South Grumble Rangers um, for a few years, moved on to play for the St. Lawrence Kings, which got turned into the Cyclones. Um, from there, I, I went to the Nepean Raiders where I, or Kempville 73s, <laughs> sorry, Kempville. And then I got traded to the PN and uh, we, the PN actually was a very strong team for hockey. We was a very strong team. We went to uh, the RBC cup. We lost, um, but we won our league and everything like that. That was a, that was very good. Then after that, I went to the university of Maine where I played for three years uh, had a had a blast there. Moved on to after that, I was able to make the Vancouver Canucks. Played there for four years, and now this is my uh, my last year in uh, well, my first year in LA. Very very cool. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you was when did you realize uh, if if it was at a young age or maybe maybe at an older age? But when was hockey your uh, was it your dream to play in the NHL? Like, how did you get where you are? So, like, basically every young boy in Brockville and Prescott and Canada playing hockey is, you know, they they dream to be where you are. So uh, when did it sink in for you that it was something that you could do realistically? Well, I, I mean, not to be on the cocky side or anything like that, because I hate, I, I hate getting called that. Um, but... Uh, I, I was always one of the stronger players on my team, which I knew. But, I mean, like you said, there's thousands and thousands of people out there playing playing hockey and wanting to make it to the NHL. So, I mean, I have to give credit to my dad. He was always the one telling me, you know what, like I know nowadays a lot of people go to, you know, spring hockey and just hockey, hockey, hockey. They don't play a lot of other sports. My dad was the one that was making sure I was in all different types of sports. But then – when it came to around junior junior A, I was doing pretty good. Some schools were talking to me, and you know, a couple NHL teams came and talked to me. And before that, I was I I mean, I was just a kid playing hockey, and obviously that was my dream to make it to the NHL. But it never really sank in as a reality that it could that it could happen one day, until you know, an, an NHL scout actually came up and talked to me. Before that, I was just kind of playing hockey and working hard and and then you know from from there I went on to college and I was 
having a pretty successful career at uh, University of Maine. So uh, from there, I, I would say just around juniors and, and Maine hockey is when I kind of realized that this could happen. And, you know, I, I, I bared down. I worked hard and it, it wasn't easy, but uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm in the NHL now, so it's, uh, it's paid off so far. For sure. And do you want to just backtrack a little bit for us and tell us kind of what your recruiting process looked like and how you navigated that attention? You had kind of mentioned that you were being spoken to by NHL scouts at the same time as D1 schools. So how did you navigate that process? Yeah, that was uh, that was a very tough decision. So, I mean, uh, I could have went to uh, major major junior or to – Division one uh, hockey team, um, so the OHL or NCAA is basically what it came down to. And at the same time, I was talking to uh, NHL teams. Um, it wasn't hard. I, I had a, uh, a an agent help me out. Uh, we you know we sat down at the start and we went through all the pros and cons of going major junior or NCAA route and we we thought uh, you know we'd kill two birds with one stone going to the NCAA and it was kind of an easy decision for me because like I said before my dad was a pretty big influence on my my hockey career but he always told me that you know son if if you're good enough the NHL is going to find you if you're good enough the right school is going to find you um he always just had that mindset and um he, he was right. I mean, I, at the end of the day, I, I think I chose the right school uh, to go to. And then after, uh, with, with all that happening, uh, I mean, NHL teams were talking to me and I was at, ended up getting drafted by Vancouver. Uh, so once that happened, it was, it, it was uh, easy to, you know, just simply focus on Vancouver and talk to Vancouver. Um, so that's pretty much how that all, how that all went down. Perfect. What specifically drew you into Maine? I mean, that's that's a good question. And I, I went to a couple of different schools, uh, like BU and Notre Dame and stuff like that. But the one one of the biggest things was it, it kind of gave me, you know, the small town vibes like Prescott Brockwell. Um, but at the same time, the, the hockey program was unbelievable unbelievable there they're uh, you know they're in hockey they're in hockey east and their fans were were diehard fans it was just hockey 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 um not to knock the other schools like notre dame and stuff but they i mean they obviously have very well established uh, football and basketball and stuff like that as well as hockey but maine was uh pretty much because their fans and it gave me the small town vibes for sure. And what, uh, you know, one of the things about elite athletics that I'm always harping on to the kids is it's not, it's not always linear. It's not always uphill. There's highs and lows. So do you want to just touch base maybe on a couple of the, the highs you had while you're playing at, at Maine? And then if there was any low points or, or things that challenged you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's, there's highs and lows all, all the time. And what, for example, when I first got to Maine, I didn't know if it was going to be the right right uh school or not uh i i was playing uh you know very low minutes i uh i sometimes i was getting getting scratched uh not playing but uh that, that i just stuck with it i practiced hard and uh 
coach gave me uh, more of an opportunity. And after that, I took it and, and ran. Um, so that was a, that was a pretty low. And then, I mean, and then in my sophomore year, uh, which is your second year, I was breaking records, breaking school records. So, I mean, from just one year, it went uh, from pretty low to, to pretty high, which, uh, which obviously I'm very happy and fortunate that it happened that way instead of, you know, kind of giving up and uh, just saying, oh, heck with it and, uh, and not, not giving it my all because I probably wouldn't be playing if I did. For sure. Like one of the things I always hear from guys who made it talking about their teammates is it's just the guys that never give up. Like they don't listen to the outside noise and they just keep doing the things they've been doing since they were, you know, 13, 14 years old. So um, for sure. Yeah, definitely. I, that's 100% accurate. And do you want to just touch base for us about what was it like transitioning from um, like the, the Real Estate Lawrence Kings or I, I guess I should say sorry, the Cyclones um, then to the 73s and then to Division One, and then a, to the NHL. Like what are the steps like? What are the jumps between those levels like? Because you've got to, to touch a little bit of the, each of them. Yeah, I mean, it's it's – I'm looking back now, it's every single time that you made a jump to a different league. It, for myself, it was, it was the speed and strength. Every single time I remember making a jump, I go from Cyclones playing junior, junior hockey. And I'm like, wow, these guys, you know, they're, they're almost grown men who can really move fast. And then I go to college and I'm like, holy crap, look, this is even faster than playing junior hockey and the guys are even bigger and then after that when you go to the nhl it's the top-notch guys i mean guys are are like once again just bigger stronger and faster so it's it's for myself just looking back i mean it was a few years now but like every single step was everything was a little bit faster you had to make a the breakout pass just a split second quicker you had to you know gap up just a quick a half a second faster yeah had to you know just your first three strides had to be a little bit faster if you wanted to get to the puck first it was uh so everything was a little bit faster from each jump is what i would say for sure for sure and what was it like playing that that first game for vancouver like what kind of level of goosebumps or um accomplishment did you get to feel the the first time you stepped on the ice as a professional hockey player yeah that was uh it was it was incredible i'll never forget the moment i well i i didn't start the game so i was on the bench and the national anthem was going on and i was we're in calgary when i was playing uh so that's a rival rival team and it, it was sold out um I'm shaking on the bench. My legs are going like crazy. And uh, Dan Hamhuse, uh, one of our veteran defensemen, just puts his hand on on my back and says, don't worry, kid. It's still hockey. Go out and play. So that that helped a lot. And then my very first shift was a whistle. I get out on the ice. And my shift lasted about a second. Uh, Derek Dorsett and Michael Furland end up dropping the gloves. <laughs> and they fought. But uh, they're – their guy got the instigator fight so we had the power play so my my first shift was one second long and i came off and the boys on the bench were hollering and telling me hey great shift great shift like just joking around with me so that was uh 
a pretty special moment. And after that, I, I, I did exactly what Ham Hughes said. I went out and just played hockey. And uh, it was a pretty cool, special moment. Uh, I, I still got the puck from the first game. So it's definitely uh, one that sticks in the back of my mind. That's, that's hilarious. First, so first recorded shift was one second. Yeah, it was one second. That's awesome. You're, <laughs> you're never going to forget that one for sure. Yeah, exactly. I didn't, I didn't, hey, I didn't make any mistakes in it. <laughs> exactly. Um, so one thing I wanted to ask you, Ben, is what is your why? What motivates you internally to do these things that you've been doing since you were 15, 16, 17 years old and that you continue to do today? Yeah, I mean, it, it might sound like cliche, but I, simply for the love of the game. I mean, I, I get to play the game I love – uh, like you said, and have loved since I was, you know, three or four. And, you know, if it causes me to have to get up early or work out longer or, you know, sacrifice nights out, then then I'm definitely going to do it because, uh, uh, you know, it's I do it for the love of the game. For sure. And, and, and you have to, especially the time, the time and effort that you have to put into uh, your craft and your body at that level of sports. You got to love it. Um, yeah, exactly. So, exactly. you know, while we're on the topic about loving the game, how has the news of the NHL suspension um, resonated with you so far? Well, actually, uh, it just happened today that it all got announced. And if I'm going to be completely honest with you, I don't even really have any insider uh, knowledge. Um, I, we know that the, it's suspended. Uh, everyone's kind of shocked right now and doesn't really know – you know what's going on whether it's gonna be extended into july when you know things get cleared up or if the season's just gonna end right today so um we're not exactly sure but we're all kind of shocked i can tell you that for free for sure what uh what are some of your goals right now moving forward with hockey and, and what's it like to to be playing in la because of all the places you could be los angeles is obviously beautiful yeah yeah it's uh it's amazing i mean uh la's la's beautiful spot i'm a couple blocks off the beach we get to go to the rink in shorts and flip-flops it's almost uh un- unfair honestly but uh no it's great here and um, the fans are the fans are awesome they love their sports and well there's millions and millions of people here so uh it, they're always they're always uh, selling it out, and you know we're right down the road from the Lakers and Clippers, which is pretty cool too. As uh, as I'm a pretty big basketball fan too, so I think that's cool. But as far as my goals, I mean, the end goal is to win the Stanley Cup. Um, I, that's I mean that's every kid's dream growing up is holding that above your head. But I I try and set personal goals too. Is you know I I want to every year improve my my po- my points total my plus minus maybe I'll set a goal at the start of the year try and get 10 goals or something like that so I, I try and set goals and mind you I, I set them pretty high so that you know I'm really motivated to try and try and reach those goals too so um, yeah but as far as la and and my goals that would be it for sure what advice would you give to you know young athletes growing up in a very similar community to you? who are just competing with hundreds and thousands of kids, what piece of advice would you give to young athletes, but specifically young hockey players who are just looking for a little edge? For a little edge? I mean, 
I think I think you got to work on your speed. Uh, the the game is changing now, and the people are. It's not as so much rough and tough and and rugged. It's more you know speed and craftiness uh, is is really creeping into the game, and that's kind of where it's leaning. So, as a kid, I would I would say you know work on your speed, um, but at the same time have fun doing it. I mean, if you're not having fun and you're not enjoying it, uh, like. Once you lose the love of the game, then it. I think it'll. I mean, I don't know how you'd be motivated to wake up and work, work out early, or really work on your speed, your first three steps, stuff like that. So, I think you know, as far as technically, I think you'd have to work on your speed, but make sure that you still have the love of the game for sure. And when did uh, when when did your training switch? So from leaving, from leaving Prescott and going to play for the the more high level teams, like what does your training look like in the off season? Like what things are you doing to like you say, work on speed? Yeah, I, well, I, I actually worked out in uh, the Prescott Brockville area until I think I was about uh, 16, 16 or 17. And then after that, uh, I made the switch up to, uh, to, to Ottawa. Um, just simply because, uh, there was more pro players there to, to train and work out with at, uh, at a younger age, I was working out with other athletes and, 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 um, in the summers it was, it wasn't just hockey, hockey, hockey though. When I was, when I was younger, I was playing every sport possible. Uh, you know, cause that, that also helps with, you know, your, your, your smarts to the way you can read plays and stuff like that. What, like like playing basketball i think that that helps that uh you know baseball helps your hand eye stuff like that i think playing different sports growing up was really was really key for me but as far as working out i mean i i always surrounded myself with other with other athletes who you know had the same goal of going to the nhl or or you know simply just making uh ncaa getting a scholarship uh so i always surrounded myself with other athletes who were who are training hard because uh, once you're in the gym with them, they can push you as well as you can push them. Yeah. One of the things I always harp with my young athletes is that they need to surround themselves with people who are on the same, the same mission as them in life. Um, very, very similar to what you had kind of just touched on there. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's something exactly. I was, I was, that's what I was reaching for there is you got to surround yourself with people who have the same, you know, goals, missions, and, ambitions as you do because you know you're then you can both motivate whether it's two of you or the whole gym full you can motivate each other to you know try and get there and help help your friend get there so i agree for with sure that. environment is a big part of training um one thing one of my uh one of my uh clients here actually asked me to ask you this they wanted to know who do you think's the toughest guy in the nhl to, to defend and play against Oh, the toughest personally, guy. Personally, like for you. Personally, I, I think uh, McDavid. Uh, I mean, he's an easy one to pick, but like I was just harping on and touching on his speed. I mean, he can pick the puck up from the blue line, and if you don't have proper gap on him, it's <laughs> you better have a good stick because you're not, you're not going to be able to hit him, and he's going to be flying by you because his speed is un- incredible. But his, his hands go with his feet. And his feet go with his brain. He's got it all all together. So uh, 
I think McDavid's uh, the toughest guy to defend. Yeah, I actually worked for a company when I was in university. They do all the uh, the on ice hockey testing with the lasers for, for speed. Right? And they and the, and the guy said he had had McDavid in a couple of years ago. I think when he was like seventeen, when he was still a kid, and he said he wasn't the fastest at the drills, but when you add the puck to it, he didn't even lose a millisecond. He's just as fast with the puck than he is without it, which I think is pretty fascinating. Yeah, yeah, he almost sometimes looks like he picks up speed when he gets the puck because he's fired up or something. You're like, oh man, it's it's uh, it's not easy for with him coming down on you. That's for sure. And what do you want? What do you want young athletes to understand about the the time management and the effort and the discipline that it takes to to not just want to get there, but to actually get there. I've played, I played hockey growing up with like hundreds of players. And, and from this area, you're the only guy. I think I played against you when we were little back when you were playing uh, South Grumble Rangers. Yeah. Um, but yeah. you're, you're the guy, you know, you're the one who made it. There's, there's been tons of other really good athletes like Clark Seymour and Slater Cuckoo. But um, clearly something, uh, clearly you separated yourself somehow. So what do you want the young athletes um, who look up to you to, to really know about the process? Ah, just that's a tough one. I mean, it it wasn't easy. I mean, there was there was times where you know uh, I had to sacrifice, especially especially when we get older and you know um, distractions are much much easier. We, like they come by more easily. I you know parties and uh, going away for the weekend with your buddies or family trips, stuff like that. So I mean, I I had to sacrifice a lot, but. At the same time, I, I, you know, I, I wanted it pretty bad. I, uh, you know, I was in the driveway late night shooting pucks. I, I was rollerblading up and down my road, stick handling, uh, you know, a tennis ball, just, just doing little extra things just so that, you know, hopefully at the end of the day, it would all add up and, uh, you know, and, and give me that slight advantage or slight edge that I needed um, when it came time to separate myself from, from, you know, the rest of the rest of the, the hockey players. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I made a lot of sacrifices and, uh, you know, I, I tried to put in the extra work, um, and, and, and it, and it paid off. So, uh, you know, I'm nothing but grateful for it. For sure. What's your fondest memory been to date playing hockey, whether it be, you know, when you were 10 or when you were 25? Yeah. Oh, uh, that's, that's, I I'm mean, giving, I'm I've giving had you a tough of, ones. Yeah. I've had a lot of fun, fun memories. Uh, you know, simply from, you know, playing in the mid double a tournament down in Prescott in front of all my buddies or, you know, like breaking the scoring record in Maine. That was pretty fun too. But I think, I think my number one has to be, has to be my first, my first goal. Uh, the NHL that has to be that, that was pretty cool that was a special moment uh, Dan, Daniel Sedin actually uh, assisted it too so that was uh, that, that was a pretty special moment for me Do you want to walk us through that that first goal how it went down and, and kind of how how it made you feel yeah I uh, I I came up well it was kind of like a, a three on two almost and uh, made a rush. Uh, I kicked it out to 
Jared McCann, who was in the middle, and he passed it far side to Daniel, who kind of had like a step on the D-man. And he went uh, he went down wide, and honestly, I thought he was, uh, he was just going to ju- kind of power move, drive to the net. But then Daniel Sedin being Daniel Sedin, he threw like a backhand sauce far side over to me, and uh, Halak was kind of a little out of, out of position, so all I had to do was put it to uh, high glove, and I yeah I ripped ripped one high glove, and then uh, the smile went on the face, and the celebration happened. It was uh, it was pretty it was pretty cool. It was a special moment for me for sure. For sure, and for for everyone who supported you growing up, absolutely. You've you've mentioned your dad a few times on the podcast. Do you want to just like touch base on the role he played in, in not just hockey but in your life? Yeah, for sure. My dad's been. My my role model uh, since I was I was two I've always wanted to be you know you always want to be like your dad um, so he he's been my role model growing up uh, he was taking me to rinks in the morning and but I, I shouldn't say it was just my dad my my mom too my mom she sacrificed a lot she heck she was the one that I got to give her credit she was the one that really taught me how to skate um, this is actually a pretty good story. Uh, so we would go to Prescott every Monday uh, when I was, I forget, three or four, and she would take me to public skating. And I couldn't, uh, <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't get it down pat at the start. So, you know, I came off the ice and I started hacking and whacking everything in the dressing room, just being a little brat because I, uh, <laughs> I, I wasn't a good skater, but. My mom stuck with it. She uh, she didn't let me have a hockey stick, but we went out. And we just did skating, and eventually, I I became a pretty strong skater. And I think that's one of my strong attributes today is my is my skating. And uh, I became a strong skater, but I wasn't a very good stopper. So we were. I was buzzing around, and uh, I wanted to show my mom that I was just starting to learn to stop. So I went up to her to show her how. Uh, I could stop and it, of course I slipped fell took her knees out and uh gave her a bit of a, a bit of a concussion <laughs> but uh she stuck with it and to this day now uh I have to give her credit she's the one that uh, you know taught me how to skate so so I gotta gotta give her credit yeah, for that. that was sounds a, like a that was a, that was a lot of fun when we as we were a kid but other than that I mean they're they were they were great they they've been in my corner uh since day one no matter what they've been my biggest supporters but you know they're they haven't been harping on me you know if they always ask me like they made sure i was still having fun if they said if i wasn't having fun they weren't gonna you know take me to the tournaments in toronto or wherever and far away if they said i wasn't enjoying it they'd stop but uh you know i was i was having a great time and they supported me 100 percent for sure i mean it sounds like your mom's a tough lady too if you were you were body checking. <laughs> yeah she's a tough cookie she's a tough cookie for um, sure <laughs> one of the things ben that we're doing with this podcast is it's a it's a resource for young athletes to listen to stories and kind of take bits and pieces and learn what they can about the process and a big part of that is is, is being um self-aware so as a, as a hockey player and, and just a professional athlete, what do you think your, your greatest strengths are? And what do you think your greatest weaknesses are? Uh, on the ice or off Both. the ice? The whole, the whole, the whole process. Both? The whole process. Okay, perfect. Well, personally in the summer, I'm, I'm always trying to, you know, 
because every every year I feel like there's younger and faster kids coming in. I'm I'm always looking at an edge to you know to get my first three steps faster. Um, for instance, last summer I started skipping a lot more, uh, using a skipping rope in between sets and stuff like that, and that got me you know, quicker feet just because I'm constantly, constantly skipping. But at the same time, it was also working my cardio. So that was one of the biggest things I, uh, I try and add on to every summer is find a way to, to get yourself just, you know, half a second faster or, 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 you know, be able to maintain that speed for a certain amount of time. So that's what I do in the off season um, every year. And of course, Gradually work on your strength as well. Mm-hmm. Um, lower body is one of the bigger things in uh, in hockey. So lower body and core is is pretty big. Uh, I mean, I I'd love to get a couple gun runs in, but you don't really need them uh, that that much in hockey. So um, those are the things I mainly try and work on in the off season. Uh, that I uh, I specifically attack, I should say, and then. As far as on ice, I mean, uh, I see myself as a good puck moving uh, defenseman. Um, yeah, I don't know, good puck moving defenseman who uh, can jump up in the rush and contribute offensively when. Uh, when so you'd, be. you'd say your your strength is that you're a, an offensive defenseman. Yes. Well, uh, that's a tough question because yeah, I'm a bit of a two, I'm a bit of a two way. Perfect. Say. For yeah. sure. And then uh, last thing here, Ben, what's your take home message for young athletes that are, you know, you know what it's like to be in high school or elementary school. They're just trying to find their, find their place in life and and they're pursuing excellence in sports. So what's your, just your deep piece of advice to, to those athletes? Uh, Don't let distractions ruin your end goal. I would say. Sounds good. Um, So Ben, thank you so much for your time. This was a really cool podcast for me. Um, I appreciate it. And if you have any final words, uh, any final words here? No, I know that's good. I think I said, I said, I think I said, my all bad. right, well, thank you so much for your time, Ben. And hopefully, uh, hopefully the NHL figures out a solution and you get to go have your playoffs. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And, uh, well, be safe. Yeah. <laughs> this was, uh, episode 20 of athletic insights, Ben. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. And we're out.